All right, guys, welcome back to the Savage Fast Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are recording this uh, about 10 minutes after the, the end of the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. And, um, well, Dylan, let's just get into it. I mean, we we said going in, you know, we did our mock draft, we said our chances of getting anything right were pretty slim. I'm looking down our board here, and... We got I positions think, right. <laughs> we got positions right, but I think we only got two right. And what do you know? Um, I don't know how I did it, but the Giants at five and seven went Kayvon uh, Thibodeau and Evan Neal as the five and seven picks in our mock draft. I, that was, I think, that's the only ones we got right. Um, now that I'm looking at it, but as we said, we could not have predicted uh, any really big trades because we made one trade, and well. <laughs> As we know, trades became the the main theme of this first round. Yeah, I don't know if I've if I can remember this many trades. It was rapid fire at one point, back to back to back, and then they just kept coming in the twenties. It was nonstop, like you mentioned. But I mean, things definitely got interesting real quick. Uh, probably number three with the Texans, and from there it was kind of like once they took Stingley, it kind of threw things into a different area code of what we kind of expected we we did talk in the last episode about the falcons taking a receiver we we looked at the jets possibly taking a receiver where they did but man yeah the trades that we we had no idea the saints were going to go up there and get a lave like they did obviously the lions coming up to get jamison williams it was just chaos at one point we did say that uh i think we did predict in the last episode we thought the ravens might be a, a landing spot for jordan davis sure enough the eagles probably yep. uh jump right uh, jump them to get do that instead so um yeah positions we were a little bit better but as we said going into this draft and this is not just us like a lot of a lot of mock drafts out there there's just so many different variables and different ways this could go and uh, a lot more uncertainty than than usual and it made for a really fun draft even if the um all this you know big big name kind of things didn't happen but man it's no sh- i mean they i guess a couple did at least uh with the trades um with the titans and the yeah. and the arizona cardinals yeah, let's just start with those, and then we'll get into the the some of the biggest winners and I guess um, not so good picks of the draft. But I mean, the, the Titans, as always, um, this podcast somehow comes back to our FC South. But the Titans trading AJ Brown, I think, uh, quickly caught everyone off guard. Mm-hmm. You knew there was going to be more to it than just a simple trading of your second best player and. As we saw coming out of it, um, you know, comments from from John Robinson, Mike Vrabel, um, basically things get to a point where they did not feel like they could make a deal. Uh, Vrabel said they went to the extremes to try to make this work. It didn't work, and they had pretty much no choice but to trade him. Um, A lot to digest there because, um, as I was telling you before we started recording, I think the Titans also kind of put themselves in this position to be in that spot to where they didn't feel like they could get a deal done. Um, and, you know, uh, not great to, to have Ryan Tannehill trending on Twitter. Um, also <laughs> in trending uh, in Tennessee right now with 89,000 tweets or so, it looks like uh, the word pissed. So <laughs> that's not ideal as well. Um I mean, look, this whole thing just became a mess, as everyone's kind of reported. It, it kind of escalated pretty quickly in terms of realizing this was not going to – there was no other way they could go here. And, um, you know, there had been some rumors in recent days that this could be a possibility. I just think everyone sort of thought there's no way this is going to happen. Uh, it does, and it's the Eagles that wind up being 
the team that, that benefits from it. But I guess we can also tie in the Cardinals with that too because, as you pointed out, and as was pointed out a lot on, on Twitter, um, the Cardinals also make a trade for wide receivers. They get uh, Marquise Brown from the Ravens. They trade their 23 pick to get him, which, look, Marquise Brown, good player. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like Titans trade 18 and <laughs> – it's, I mean, or the the Eagles trade eighteen, and they're getting AJ Brown, and like, what a what a whirlwind. Um, Cardinals do not lack receivers at this point. Um, maybe still lack some things in the other areas, but they clearly have some options at receiver. Uh, Titans, they got Traylon Burks, and I see a lot of people out Robert there saying Woods, he's baby. the next AJ Brown. But <laughs> well, that's right. They've got Robert Woods too. We we have to mention that. But I just. I think initially I look at this, I understand from the money standpoint, um, all those things, but, I mean, A.J. Brown is 24 years old. He's probably already one of the best wide receivers in the history of the franchise, and it's just, I understand if you're a Titans fan that you have to be frustrated, even if maybe you look down the road five years and say, all right, maybe that was the best move, but right now, I think trading your second best player and Mm -hmm. just automatically seeing people say, well, they'll be just fine with Traylon Burks, who has not played an NFL snap yet. Um, I don't know. I, I totally get the frustration. So. Yeah, absolutely. It. Uh, I know they, the Cardinals get back at the 100th overall pick, so at least they get a late third rounder in that one. First on there, like you mentioned, just the I, the difference in value, pretty striking, um, especially in the order it happened. You, you see the Marquise Brown trade happen, and the next thing you know, A.J. Brown did not really did not expect that like you mentioned though it's kind of seems like the titans did this to themselves and you just feel like there there had to be a way they could have figured it out i know the receiver market's kind of all over the place with the tyreek hill and Devonte adams deals and i mean aj brown is what yet yeah, like you mentioned he's not he's really young still i know he's had some injuries but man and he's a big dude that very physical player players have to go down low on him to hit him yeah but he fights through it all and I mean, we, you just see how dominant and how important he was to the offense in the in the playoff loss to the Bengals. Like, they're, you know, the one touchdown he makes with one hand, but just whenever they needed to find him, he was there. I think back to the game against the 49ers where he just went off, too, and it's like now I'm trying to envision, you know, Traylon Burks. It's just a lot of pressure on the kid uh, to come in there and yeah. try to be – to live up to that. It's not really fair to him. I don't know if – I don't think internally the Titans necessarily expect that necessarily to happen immediately, obviously, but they still have high – uh, really high expectations for trail on Burks. Um, it should be interesting to see how they do. But, yeah, the, the Cardinals trade with the Ravens, really interesting one. The, the Ravens end up looking pretty good with uh, some of the way that they uh, kind of saw the, the draft board fall as the night went on. Um, but, yeah, it's just I think, you know, we'll see. Long way to go, but it really does feel like the Eagles and the and the Ravens are the winners of those trades. And thinking about now Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown together in Philadelphia, that's, uh, you know, just an interesting yeah. interesting looking uh receiving corps they're gonna have to try to see if uh, jalen hurts is their guy this year as we've kind of talked about this is uh maybe a year for him to to prove it uh potentially and uh all, overall just really big nights for both baltimore and philadelphia i felt like yeah it's, it was interesting because you know that can kind of take us back several spots because once things got to 12 you're, you're starting to think you know okay well the eagles are <laughs> have traded up right to 13 i guess it was and yeah. you're thinking all right well they're about to get jameson williams and <laughs> like that's gonna be it um they're gonna have the we were laughing about it when we were doing our mock draft but they're gonna have the, the former alabama trio of jalen hurts Devonta smith and jameson williams um 
But, you know, I mean, he wants to go on Detroit. Lions yeah. trade up to get him. Um, you know, Eagles get Jordan Davis. So just a, a wild sequence there. Um, like you said, it's just a, the A.J. Brown trade. I think there will be a lot of fallout from that, and I don't know what it looks like for the Titans uh, at this point. But um, like you said, that puts a lot of pressure on, on Burks right away, who I think is a great player. And, and I know I've seen a lot of people already saying, like, <laughs> this is an upgrade and those kind of things. Oh, I think man. it's way too early to go. Uh, that that route, um, but uh, yeah, Tannehill. I don't think is going to have a ton of support going into to next season. I think this will only make fans that were already angry with that situation even more angry. Um, and it just to me does not seem like it sets up well for the Titans. Not it has nothing to do with Burks in my opinion. Yeah. It has a lot more to do with kind of the the situation they have created out of this. And um, so I. I don't know. I just don't. <laughs> I don't love it for the Titans. I, I, li- I like that they got a good player in Burks, but yeah. I, I didn't think that they came out of this um, in a very good spot. So. I mean, hopefully it works out for them. But it's just it is so early to to say like the idea of it being an upgrade. I mean, that's just assuming quite a bit, in my opinion, for the kid. Uh, I mean, yes, AJ Brown is one of the. He's a, you know I know he's again has struggled sometimes with injuries, but when he's on the field, he's top. 10 receiver i don't know how high you put that i'd have to look at you know at the list there's some insanely good receivers in the league right now but man it it could work out okay but it's just a big if and a a lot of pressure again on on burks but i was surprised um i think one of the we mentioned the the trades just now for the lions trading up to get jamison williams i think one of the bigger biggest surprising moments outside of stingley going three was the Saints trading up for a Lave at eleven. I just did not, you know. I thought yeah. maybe they could have stayed where they were. I, I, the package wasn't too insane, if I remember correctly. As working on this as it was going, there's so many trades it's hard to keep up with. But it felt like maybe they would be able to sit there at at, uh, at sixteen and potentially be able to get them. But uh, they still maintain obviously the nineteenth overall pick, and I think important for you know they needed some speed. So it'll be interesting to see how Lave does. But just did not expect. I thought Alave was going to probably fall more in the range that we kind of talked about in the last episode. We took him in our mock draft at 21, but then even in our predictions episode, I think we still talked about him maybe in the te- later teens maybe instead of 11. Yeah, yeah I, that's, I think we had him 21 to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we, we said in our predictions we thought he'd go kind of five, something like that, spots uh, ahead of that probably. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Saints – get Alave there and then they get um Trevor Penning at 19 who we talked about uh, going in and we yep. said mm-hmm. he just kind of had a wide range just didn't know where he could fall to but um you know they get him at 19 so I, I think if you're the Saints it's it's interesting to, to kind of look at but clearly they were high on Alave um you know and, and like we said it, it wasn't really a shocker to see those two Ohio State wide receivers go you know top 15 yeah. and they go back to back at 10 and 11 of course we were thinking it was going to be Washington there at 11, um, maybe, you know, taking a, a wide receiver. But Washington moves back, and they still get a wide receiver. Um, so, clearly, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they get Dotson from Penn State. And so, clearly, they thought they would be fine. Maybe that was yeah. their guy at that point. They're thinking, hey, we, we fill up better, and we know he's going to be there at 16. We did not have him in our first round in yeah. our mock. Um, we talked about so him. So, <laughs> he was there, and we did. We said it's possible, but uh, he winds up not going in our mock draft so uh yes that was uh, again another trade in that one um i mean let's just i guess we can kind of transition into 
talking about some of the the biggest winners, and then we can um, talk about some teams that we talked about the Titans. I just didn't think that was great. Uh, yeah. But there 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 are a few other I'm looking at here that a little head scratcher uh, for me. But I think clearly the number one, and, and I think you're going to see this as a consensus mm-hmm. everywhere. I, I can't imagine anyone's going to disagree with this, but I think the Jets are clearly yeah. the biggest winners, not just because they had the most picks, but I think they nailed every pick. Um, <laughs> I mean, they get Sauce Gardner at four. Uh, who, as we said, we figured he'd kind of was, he was moving into the top five. He did. He goes four. Um, they get Garrett Wilson, who a lot of people thought was the best wide receiver in the group, at number 10. So they stay put with both those picks. And then what do you know? They get back in the first round to pick a player at 26, Jermaine Johnson, who we yep. had going at number nine. Um, so theoretically, they had they have three top ten players in our mock draft yep. that go – you know, and they get one of them at 26. So I just, I don't know, maybe there's more that comes out on the Jermaine Johnson situation that we have no idea. You know, they kept saying that on the broadcast, but if not, and he just slides to 26 um, for maybe no reason, uh, I, I assume there's something to that, but um, I just can't imagine the, the Jets doing this any better, to be honest with you. Yeah, I wonder if there, if it was more of his agent or someone, because, you know, go, leading up to the draft, there was a lot of reports and rumors about, uh, Johnson moving up the board, not sliding back this far. So it was right. kind of surprising to see, you know, we probably know where the source of yeah. that is now. But, yeah, I'd, you know, given that going into this draft, the Jets, we, we looked at pass rusher as a, a likely position for them to target, for them to be able to wait all the way until 26 to trade back up into the first round to get Jermaine Johnson after taking the corner, uh, as you mentioned, Sauce Gardner, and then also Garrett Wilson filling two other big needs. I mean, they, uh, yeah, they're the consensus number one uh, winner here. I, I think it's not even a question. Like offensive tackle, maybe is the other position that you could argue that they would have wanted to upgrade, but it's hard to upgrade four needs <laughs> in one first yeah, round, and right. they did three. And the fact that all these guys could end up being the best players at their positions, I, I think you know, a tougher road for Jermaine Johnson given the de- defensive end talent in this draft. But nonetheless. I mean, all three of the guys really, really nailed it. I think they're definitely, as you mentioned, the number one winner. Um, trying to look at the list of other teams that I feel like did really well. I think the Panthers should be happy. I think their fans should be happy with getting Aquano at number six. Did not necessarily think he would uh, fall quite that far. Um, I think your, your your picks for the Giants, I think Giants fans have to be pretty happy. So kind of like we talked in the last episode quite yeah. a bit about the New York teams, I think they're – Definitely two of the bigger winners. Um, not that you know the, the draft board fell the Giants' way, but they they made the picks that I believe they should have in both spots pretty much, and worked out really well for them. Yeah, I think the um, by the way the Jets, I think Jets still have a thirty eight pick too. Is that right, or did they? It's uh, yeah, they still have their thirty eight. Um, the Giants are at thirty six. Yeah, Jets have thirty eight, and I'm looking wow. down the list so right they still now. Got... Yep. I mean, if you look at the players that are still available. Well, oh I'm just going to take this back to the Jets, and then I got <laughs> mm-hmm. a couple other teams for our biggest winners. But, I mean, theoretically, like the Jets could still – I mean, they are still some good players there. Like they could even go – I don't think they would, but like they could go another wide receiver and get a Sky Moore or a Christian Watson if they wanted. Yep. Um, you know, I don't think that's a terrible idea, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, even like – uh, Gosh, there's a lot – Roger McCreary from Auburn, the cornerback. There's another good guy. Like, they have got – I mean, Bernard Raymond, we talked about him. Mm-hmm. He's, um, you know, a guy that ranks different places by different people, but, like, he's someone I think they could get there. You talk about offensive line. Um, man, I think the Jets could be in a really good spot. I mean, they are, they are, but, I mean, again, depending on where they go at 38. But, 
Um, yeah, so so they're clearly, I think, like you said, they're they're consensus number one winner on this. I think the Chiefs. Yeah, I know they didn't trade yeah. up to get the receiver, and I know that's going to frustrate some people. People, but I think to get McDuffie at twenty-one and to get Karloftis at thirty. Yep. I mean, those are again, those are two. Depending on where you look, like those were two. I don't even want to say borderline. I think a lot of people thought they were both top twenty players heading into this. Um, you know, maybe even top fifteen for McDuffie, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for the Chiefs to get two probably defensive guys they can plug in right away. I thought that was good because remember too, we always say this, but you have to remember the division you're playing in, right? Yeah. And <laughs> we know what the Chiefs division looks like right now from an offensive standpoint. And I think, yeah, maybe there is frustration. They didn't maybe package those picks to move up to get one of the receivers, but I think it actually probably worked out better just for them to get two solid defensive players yeah. that you think are probably going to be, you know, five to ten year starter type guys perhaps and um i don't know i, I thought the chiefs came out well and, and i'll be honest another one i thought that kind of stood out i mean I, I think the jags had a pretty good night yeah. i mean obviously they get walker at one and then Devin lloyd falling to 27 who where do we have we had lloyd going in like top 15 maybe somewhere yeah um, somewhere in that range yeah we hadn't won 15 to the eagles so go. i think that was good for for them um the other one there was someone else that had circled here I know we're kind of jumping all over the board, but um, who was it? It was the oh, it was the the Ravens. I think. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens getting Hamilton at fourteen, right? Like they they just stay put and they still get a player that again some people thought could be maybe not the best defensive player, but like a top three defensive player in the draft. Um, they get him there, and then they get uh, Linderbaum yep. at twenty five. So I think the Ravens yet again. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but like. Ravens had a great draft, I thought, or first round. Um, Chiefs had a great first round. I think even the Bills getting Kyrie Elam at yeah. 23. Um, nice pick. Uh, yeah, like, so these AFC teams, man, aside from the Titans, look like they're doing pretty well. Yeah, there's not a lot of picks in this, you know, maybe a couple picks when we get down to the teens from the, the Patriots and maybe the first Packer pick that we didn't quite see happening. I, I don't know if you saw the, the video of the, the Rams, Sean McVay, and. Uh, and Les Snead reacting to the Patriots drafting Cole Strange. They thought he might still be available at 104. Um, but outside of that, yeah, this draft had, I think it's kind of the nature of it, right? There's a lot of really good players. We don't know how great they'll all be, but the depth was here. And it feels like so many teams addressed a lot of needs. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the Jaguars because, yeah, getting Lloyd that late along with Trayvon Walker. I mean, another team that has so many needs, but uh, to, to be able to to jump back in and, and you know trade up there to get Lloyd at 27 rather than waiting for the 33rd pick uh, to start the second round. I think that was a really good move. Uh, you mentioned the Ravens, I, even the Eagles, uh, you know, even though you have just Jordan Davis here, I think throwing in A.J. Brown, you can argue they're a winner of the night, even if uh, one of the guys isn't a pick. I think the Chiefs, though, like you said, they're, those are the two positions that going into the draft that, you know, their GM said that they're going to go after those at corner and pass rusher were the two biggest ones they wanted to hit. So to be able to find guys, for you know at spots of value like you said McDuffie going a lot higher in a lot of mocks and we thought might go higher Karloftis we had going a, a decent amount higher I think eight picks higher so yeah good value to fit needs I mean that's the kind of thing you exactly want to do and I'm sure partially yeah like you mentioned the receiver and we'll see they might not be done this offseason but you know it's, it's trust in the system for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and you know their offensive line is gotten much better uh this past season i i felt and yeah defensively they needed some help and you know they've we've talked about the chiefs as much as you you 
I feel like even with mediocre defenses, you can win in the NFL if you have a great offense. Uh, some of the issues of the pass rush just were, were obvious issues in the secondary last year. You know, they finished 20th in defensive DVOA on in the secondary with their pass defense, only 23rd against the run. Just not the kind of numbers that are going to lead to success too much if, you know, you're just putting so much on that offense. So I think, yeah, really solid picks by them. I mean, yeah, lots of teams I feel like, again, going yeah. feel like they've filled in pretty big needs. The Chargers getting Zion Johnson, he'll, they already uh, noted after the draft that they're going to have him slide in at right guard. We talked about the right side of that deep, uh, offensive line for the Chargers needing help. That fits in perfectly. A lot of pressure on Trevor Penning to replace Torrin Armstead, but another solid pick. I mean, it's just a lot of needs, and yeah. even if a lot of if you weren't, if I was a little surprised they traded up to get him there, still a need for the Saints to get a receiver and to be able to get one of those top guys. Didn't know if they'd necessarily do that. Drake London might be a fantastic pick for the Falcons. So, yeah, it's just uh, I feel like it, uh, there's not as many clear losers, I guess, once we start transitioning to that. I have a harder time looking at teams on here and feeling like they, they came up short with some of their picks. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, even like we, you know, Iquanu at six to the Panthers, like him sliding to six, no one really thought would happen. They thought yep. he could go, he was set up, but he could, thought he could go one and, you know, winds up going six. Um, like, I mean, Charles Cross to the Seahawks, I think we kind of talked about that as a possibility. Um, you know, I, we went Jermaine Johnson there initially in our mock, but talked about that being a possibility. And so you feel like the Seahawks came out and we said the Seahawks and, have two more picks yep. coming up here soon. And, Who's Quite left? Honestly, Malik I mean, Willis. Where, as I say, <laughs> Willis is still there, and that's what this is where I think things get interesting. And we'll, we'll come back to the I don't want to call them the losers because I, I don't, again, these are still to be determined, but I think there's a couple teams that I would point out and wonder what was the thinking. Um, and we'll get to them in just a second. But I mean, you're looking at this the second round order here. It starts with the Bucks at 33, then it's the Vikings, and it's the Titans. I think the Titans, you talk about a very interesting proposition. If Malik Willis is still there, um, if you want to maybe get some people excited about uh, the future, I don't know. Maybe you, you take a shot at that um, at 35. I don't know because I think, like you said, the Seahawks have two picks at 40 and 41. I would not be surprised at all. I don't think they wait to that point uh, to, to go the route of the quarterback situation, but um, I think they may have to move up there to, to get one of those guys maybe by the time mm-hmm. it gets to them. But it's very interesting to think about knowing that Malik Willis is still there. And I guess um, – well, actually, before we get to a couple – Kenny Pickett goes to the, the Steelers. And, you know, we, it seems like we saw that a lot in this first round. Like, you talk about guys who get to stay yeah. home. Uh, Hutchinson stay, you know, stays Same in Michigan. Equanu mm-hmm. um, stays in North Carolina. Uh, Kenny Pickett gets to play on the same field he played on in college. Um, you know, it's just like the Pickett one I know is going to be talked about a lot because I know there, there's a debate. It's like, well, did, did they pick him just because he's a Pittsburgh guy? Well, I, I tell you right now, there is definitely something to that. Um, there's no doubt about it because you you feel like if you're picking in the first round at this spot, you're trying to pick your franchise quarterback moving forward. And... <sighs> I know it's like, all right, you pick the best player available. You pick the best quarterback you think you have on your board. But if it's close and you think Pickett and Willis, there's a lot of similarities, you're going to pick the Pittsburgh guy because it's like <laughs> you're, you're trying to also – because it is, right? It's I know that's not maybe how people want to look at it, but you're going to pick the guy that you think that your your fan base will initially you know, jump all over because this is a guy who's had a lot of success. And, and again, there's probably a lot of people that have seen him have the success. Um, following him throughout college. I mean, as a local kid. So um, 
I don't I don't hate it at all. Like I, you know, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Uh, we already know what he's going into in terms of that division right now, and knowing where things stand for everyone, knowing Deshaun Watson's there now. Um, you've got Lamar Jackson. You know, you've got Joe Burrow. I mean, my goodness, let's just be honest. Um, whoever this was going to be, it was going to be the fourth best quarterback in that division. But um, I think it's it's interesting, right? Like I we we knew they were going to go quarterback we just yeah. said all right is it going to be pick is it going to be will it's going to be Ritter, like any of those guys so i think it's hard for me to just like rail on this one because i i don't know how much separates those three guys to be honest with you yeah it's hard to know i know at this point the consensus is that kenny is the the most pro ready i guess and that malik might take a little longer and potentially with ritter as well and yeah i think there's an element of obviously taking the the hometown guy or at least the, the guy that went to college in that in that city they don't want to have a repeat of you know not that kenny pickett's going to be dan marino but they didn't want to have another uh pittsburgh uh college quarterback that they pass on that ends up having a, a great career elsewhere uh so i yeah i think you know for them to be able to sit there and get pickett at 20 i think that that patience that they are able to demonstrate by doing that for a guy that we didn't you know, in our mock and a lot of mocks did not have falling that far. That's kind of why, you know, it felt like maybe Willis would fall to them there, but it just felt like Pickett, again, is a maybe a quote-unquote safer pick in terms of how pro-ready teams believe he is. Thought he'd end up going a bit higher, but ended up working out great for them. But yeah, definitely not going to criticize them. You know, they need to find a quarterback for their future and doesn't have to still start right away with Mitch Trubisky in there. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I imagine at some point this season we'll see Pickett on the field and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, he comes in, I think he's a, him himself, if we, you know, we're talking about teams, but in terms of players, I think he's a huge winner going to a culture like that, a city like that, that already is root, has been rooting for him for years. Uh, and it's just uh, really, I think for him to go there, we see so often the first quarterback drafted every year, go to organizations that are very much rebuilding or have had troubles with their culture. Uh, that's not going to be the case there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think so too. I, I Again, I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other just because I think it's, it's a lot to be determined. But I think yeah. if you if you have all three of those guys very closely graded, you go with the you go with the Pittsburgh guy. Like just <laughs> it makes too much sense for me um, to, to look at it that way. All right, a couple ones in particular here. Um, obviously, we have to start with the Packers because <laughs> once again we talk about the the wide receiver situation, the run on wide receivers. Packers had two picks, you know, could have made a could have packaged something if they wanted to um, to try to make a move. And as we talked about, I mean, you, you look at the wide receiver market and the situation right now and all that. It's just uh, it's wild to think. But instead, they go with a pair of Georgia defensive players, which, again, if you're going to go defense, go with the, you know, two guys off the best defense that we've seen in college football, perhaps. Um, why not? You go with uh, with Walker and Wyatt, mm-hmm. which. I think we had Wyatt going much higher, but we did mention there there was possibility he could slide a bit. Um, I don't know what to think about it because obviously <laughs> by twenty two there was no wide receiver wise there you know you you weren't really I get it right like there's no one there was no one left of that initial group at that point. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm just I, I know it fills needs, but. I still look at this and I'm just thinking I, I felt like this top tier group of wide receivers, which again, we saw the saints move up, right? Like to get a guy. Um, we saw the lions move up to get Jamison Williams. <laughs> it's just, 
I don't know. I don't know what to think about this for the Packers. May work may work out fine again. If you're going to pick, like I said, two great defensive players, I think those guys will be will be fine. But I think it's just I don't really know what to think about it because I I understand again frustration for the Packers knowing that I guess you have Aaron Rodgers and you assume that he's just going to make everyone better. But I just I don't know what to think. So yeah, I mean we talked about it in the last episode the scenario of them not taking a receiver and we, I, I mean even though we kind of laughed about it we thought it was pretty realistic given their history this is really on brand for what the Packers are going to do they're not going to follow another team's template they're going to f- draft the best guy they think is on the board and they're a team that has tremendous depth uh, their defense was pretty strong already this past year but they have some guys leaving to I, I, you know it could end up looking really good uh, later on um, it's just in the moment yeah it was a little surprising uh, I know Aaron Rodgers was talking about the trade for the first time, the Devontae Adams trade on the um, Pat McAfee show while these picks were being made. And he kind of expressed uh, and also uh, briefly talked about the the two picks here by the Packers. He mentioned that he wasn't overly surprised just given how the, the Packers had high grades on receivers that, like you mentioned, had gone off the board. They they weren't going to go reach and trade up for any of the guys that uh, would have fallen maybe back to like where Traylon Burks did, for example. So from there, it's like if you don't, if, if they don't believe Pickens is the guy, that was the one that you thought maybe he would have gone. You know, I thought if they're going to uh, go with a defensive player, I, I thought it was going to go at 22, not necessarily both picks. And surprise again, Devontae White, a guy that I thought pretty highly of, thought he might be going a lot higher than, than 28. These picks maybe maybe it doesn't look so weird if they're flipped because Quay Walker was probably like yeah. an early second rounder grade by a lot of people. Um so it's just the, the the order of it kind of was weird. And just, yeah, given the, the, what they have on the roster, another team that trusts their system, though, and trusts their quarterback. So, you know, different than the Chiefs. But nonetheless, we could look back at this and just be like, well, there, there's the Packers again, getting just more and more depth, more and more quality players that help them ultimately be in contention again. It's just you do feel like uh, it just is striking when you lose uh, a talent like Adams and you can't draft a guy to and expect them to replace Adams again the same way that we can't expect Traylon Burks to replace A.J. Brown. But um, still surprising for sure in a, a team that, uh, you know, the guys are maybe the draft picks themselves, maybe bigger winners than I would say the Packers are, but that could change very much so by the, by the time the season starts when we start watching these guys in Green Bay's defense. All right, the other team I have circled here. We're staying in the same division. Who would have thought these would be the two teams? Of, of the other two teams that are paired with these two in the division and the moves they've made over the years, who knew that we'd be talking about the Packers and the Vikings, perhaps? Um, I just don't get the Vikings. I, I don't know. I just don't understand why. I really don't. Like, I just want someone to explain to me why the Vikings would make the move they did, the trade back. Um and what was the i mean i just they got a lot of what was the total they got a lot trade of picks, picks like they but yeah, yeah they but got a still, lot of second and third I rounders just, <laughs> i guess but i mean they were what they were was it 12 13 12 um, yeah. they were 12 initially right mm-hmm. and i'm just looking at some of the players that go after 12 or even at 12 right like it's just i don't know i i don't, I don't again we'll see what they do with those picks that they got in return but i and like you said, I'm saying this knowing that we, we just mentioned it. Like, I don't think there are a lot of teams that I'm just like, boy, they really screwed this up. And I, I'm not even saying the Vikings or the Packers did that. But I think if you're trying to pick a couple, to me, the Packers only because of the wide receiver thing. Um, and the Vikings, I think, is just, 
I mean, they get Lewisine, which again, yeah. it's, it's like the same conversation, right? It's like we're having this conversation about these two teams and who what's they all have in common is they all pick Georgia defensive players, um, which again is not a bad route to go when you <laughs> when you think about the success that these guys had in college. But I just don't. I feel like there was a, still a lot of good options there yeah. um, for them. So I, I just wonder about that. I guess, is, and maybe that's maybe it winds up being nothing because, like you said, they get some picks in return. But um, and they're going to be picking at thirty-four, as we know. So maybe it still works out fine. But I just thought that it, it would have made sense to stay there and and take one of those guys that were available at that point. But. Yeah, I mean, they moved down from forty-six to sixty-six as part of this trade, and then yeah, they only get thirty-two and thirty-four for twelve. So it's yeah. interesting that they send back. Um, you know, the 46 there, it's a pretty high pick to be going back. I mean, you, you know, I don't know. Uh, looking at the board, yeah, I feel like corner was one of I mean, their biggest needs. They could get Booth, right? Or was they it? could still get Andrew Booth, I suppose, yeah. right? Like, I mean, that would he's be there. Good. So that you could, if you pair seeing Booth, I mean, I would probably look at that in a much more favorable light if that's the route they go because they will be the second team picking. And I don't think the Bucks go booth um so maybe at that point you look at it a little better but i'm still just not sure like you said with the whole package I, I feel like just given their one of their biggest needs i feel like they could have filled it with mcduffie there i don't know if you think that's a little too high but honestly you know given how it all went i, I feel like that would have been yeah. fine at 12 um still had they still could they also could have taken jameson williams i think you could make an argument they need a little more receiving depth even with some of the the talented guys that they do have um to to add another weapon we'll find out (laughs) because they're gonna they're gonna see jameson williams a lot so if he winds up being a superstar um we'll we'll remember that pick so yeah this is a team that always does seem to draft back and in past years we've i know we've kind of looked at them as winners we felt like when they got justin jefferson where they did and how they traded back and some of the picks they acquired felt like that was a better win than this one it just it felt like when you saw that pick happening with the lines going up to 12 i thought there had to be more to it maybe a player attached it just it looking at it again i I, even in real time i didn't realize that it's you know they get 32 34 and 66 for 12 and 46 it's like is that enough um you know and maybe these the depth of this draft as we've talked about you know maybe it does give them two quality players there at 32 and 34 rather than just one at 12 and how what is that range but like you said if jameson williams ends up being a superstar and you could imagine an offense with him and justin jefferson (laughs) in it and it's like man that that gets a little more uh frustrating just a lot of a lot of players i feel like in this range that they still could have gone for i don't know you know maybe the, the exact spot didn't work out where they still needed an edge would have been good for them to get but maybe they felt you know jermaine johnson clearly that they, they were not too high on otherwise they might have just taken him there that wasn't that far off the range that a lot of people had him going but uh, i don't know it's kind of it's it's a weird one for I think sure it's more about the deal right i think it's more about mm-hmm. what they get in yeah. return versus again i think that's probably the bigger thing and so we'll see how you said that they could still fill needs. And if they wind up with scene and booth, I think you'd, you'd be happy about that to those guys in the top 34. It's just a matter of knowing what you could have had, uh, perhaps at that spot. Um, again, just knowing what you got out of the trade. I don't know if it's necessarily worth that. Um, well, we'll see, but, but that's really it. I mean, like I said, we covered a lot of ground there, but I just didn't see a lot of things that I just thought were just, you know, Big head scratchers, like we said. Of course, the one team that's going to make the move that you're just—it's going to surprise everyone—is going to be the Patriots. And I mean, you know, that's just—I mean, what else do you say? That's—that's that's to be expected at this point. Um, 
But but I did. I mean, I think several teams, Jets clearly the winners. Uh, I think the Giants are probably right there behind them. The New York teams, they make the most of their picks. They don't, uh, at least on paper, they, they didn't screw it up, um, I think, uh, from what we've seen to this point. So I think Jets and Giants, biggest winners. Like I said, I think the Chiefs are a sneaky good uh, winner here, getting the two defensive players they got and the spots they got them in. Um, and, of course, the Eagles, I think you have to consider them a, a winner based on everything they got um, out of this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of things were accomplished for some of these teams. Jags, yeah. I would put them in that group too. Uh, so more more unpredictability, but I think maybe more so than we talked about in recent years. I think at least more teams didn't seem to overthink this a whole lot. And yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like they probably went the route – you expected a lot of these teams to go and, and needed to go in terms of the the needs that they had on the roster. Yeah, the one team, we'll, you know, we'll see. I, I still have high hopes for Derek Stingley, but I, the Texans maybe yeah. we could be looking back. I know they end up getting trading up uh, there to fifteen to get Kenyon Green. Um, another you're talking about the guy staying home. Another guy from Texas there uh, staying yeah. in Texas, but. Yeah, I, I think there's a chance that Houston could be the team that looks back and either if Sauce Gardner is clearly the better corner over the next few years or if uh, Equanu becomes one of the best tackles in the league. Like there's, Or even if uh, Thibodeau you know, ends up being great um, with the Giants. I just There's that potential for them to look back and have some regret. Maybe Singley ends up you know living up more to how he played going back to I think more like 2019, right, was when he was <laughs> dubbed as one of the better corners in, the, in college football. And um that's the only other one i'm you know looking down the list where it feels like maybe in both of those cases even some of the other picks uh where Kenyon green maybe you know we didn't have him obviously going uh, in this here at all um uh, compared to some of these offensive linemen that went that fell a bit deeper so that's a team that maybe we look back on and have some questions about but um overall like you said i don't know if teams overthought it too much maybe stingley is a guy that you know, we, we are overthinking too much maybe he is really going to be great there so uh it, it didn't feel like we had as many teams outside of like you said the 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 strange pick and uh, nope. <laughs> didn't really intend there to be a pun but yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> with the pats but other than that not a ton of crazy surprises i, I you know thought the bengals might go for an offensive lineman but i think daxon hill's a, a great addition for that defense that's potentially you know they're going to try to replicate some of the things that did well last year so yeah feels like teams didn't go too far off their board now like you said that there's a lot of good players left um and i think yeah for me it's just going to be how much further especially for some of these QBs fall and do we see Seattle try to make a move do we see even Atlanta at 43 try to potentially get uh back up there I know that they were talking to Malik Willis before the game about tailgating at Falcons games growing up even if he isn't too concerned about where he ends up um so yeah a lot of things could be on the board even you know I I guess with Kirk Cousins and uh, the deal currently I'm not sure if it would make sense for them but there was Saw some rumblings on a, my tweet deck list with NFL reporters about maybe the Vikings could go for Wills at 32 did not happen, but it's going to be yeah, a really exciting second round. And I think a lot of quality players still left that we're going to end up uh, talking about a lot next season. Yeah. I, there's, there are a lot of interesting players. Uh, I think that are still available. And uh, again, the, the bucks, the first team on the clock and um, then it's the Vikings, Titans, Giants, and Texans. So Jets again, mm-hmm. as we said. So uh, and then the Bears will get to make their first pick of the uh, draft at uh, the the next spot, the seventh pick of the seventh, second round. So there you go. There's some thoughts. And by the way, um, another team that will be greater. There will be a we'll be looking back on this draft and wondering if they got it right. I think the Falcons are definitely one of those because 
we talked about all those wide receivers, and we knew the run was going to happen, and we did kind of almost peg that. We just did a little further down. We said, look, once one goes, like they're yep. going to all start going at that point. And London goes eight, Wilson goes 10, Alave goes 11, Williams goes 12, which, by the way, if you'd have made your bets and picked Williams to be the last one of that group, um, <laughs> congratulations, because I was not making that bet. Um, I thought – I even said, I think in our predictions, I said, I think he goes to the Falcons. So, yeah. Um, so that's one we'll look back on. Falcons fans will have no problem one way or the other um, letting everyone know either they're going to get it completely right or completely wrong on taking London as the first wide receiver uh, in this group. So uh, there you go. Um, there are thoughts on the first round of the NFL draft. Of course, Dylan, uh, have it all covered over clutch points, and uh, we will be back with our, our normal slate of uh, episodes next week to uh, kind of wrap up everything from the draft this weekend. But uh, for now, lots of stuff going on at Clutch Points, a lot of reaction, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, tons of uh, early predictions for some of these players with their new teams for their rookie seasons, a lot of fallout we are grading the trades. We'll have our uh, grades for all these picks up at some point tomorrow. If you go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL draft button at the top of the page, you can find all of our NFL draft content. If you go to our app, subscribe to NFL notifications, sending a lot of notifications on all the trades, the reactions, uh, Aaron Rodgers' comments again about the Devontae Adams trade for the first time actually publicly speaking on it. All that good stuff you can get in the Clutch Points app and the NFL and NFL draft sections of our website. Yep, you should check it all out there. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast after you use, search for Staff for the Past. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. You're on Staff for the Past. Bye.